first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and today we'll be talking about Endor, Railway Children, Heather's the Musical, The American Dream, and other fairy tales. First, we'll be listening to Endor being reviewed by Heather and Catherine. Hey guys, how are you guys doing today? Hi. Hi. So, Catherine, what is Andor about? So, Andor is a prequel to the Star Wars prequel movie, Rogue One. Uh, so, it's about the origin story uh, behind Captain Cassian Andor, who's played by Diego Luna. So, Andor kind of tells the story of the key events that like shape Cassian into who he is, including the struggles from his childhood as well as the people who changed life leading up to the movie Rogue One. And Heather, what is your favorite part about this movie? I really like seeing Cassian and the Rebellion start out. We've never seen that before. Every time that we've always seen the Rebellion, they've always been like a weaker faction, but this is the actual beginning of it. And it just, it adds to the hope of what Star Wars is and about having hope in a cause bigger than yourself. It just, it emphasizes everything that Star Wars is meant to be. And Catherine, there is at least what I can think of, at least like 20 Star Wars films. So what do you think makes this one different from the rest of them? So the thing that's different about this is unlike other Star Wars series and movies, it doesn't really jump right into a world that we know and connect it to other movies and series in this franchise. So it gives it a lot more freedom to explore this part of the universe. It doesn't jump right in to, you know, see familiar characters or uh, places that we know. It introduces lots of new things. And Heather, as Catherine said, they're going to new worlds and introducing a lot of things. Um, since now they have room to make whatever they want, since none of this can be real, it's just aliens, monsters. How do you think they did on making all of these things real? Do you think that it really fitted where the locations were, the new places and the new monsters? Yeah, I really think that their world building really evolved because I feel like the entirety of Star Wars has always been focused on Tatooine and I've seen like fans responding to the the Obi-Wan Kenobi show saying like we need to leave Tatooine we need to leave these planets behind let's explore more of the galaxy so it's really cool seeing more of these planets planet the planet where Andor Cassian Andor is from hasn't even been heard of so it's nice to see different cultures and different people and it's just really exciting, and it expands the universe of Star Wars. And Catherine, what is the moral of this movie? I would say the moral of Andor is to stand up against injustice and then protect what you care for. And Heather, do you have your own moral, or do you have the same moral as Catherine? Well, it's it's a little bit of a variation. I think what I took from Andor was to always have hope. And like Catherine said, to fight for what you believe in, the rebellion was so young and new at this time, and it was a really big risk to join the rebellion. So Cassian just taking up the torch and just becoming a rebel was a huge deal. And it just inspires hope. 
And Catherine, as you said before, there was no really familiar faces. Do you, would you say there was like a single person there that you saw? And if so, did you have any favorites from them or maybe favorites from the new people that were met in this film? Yeah. So the familiar face is just Captain Cassian Andor, who was in Rogue One. He was like one of the main characters in that. Um, I would say that my favorite character, however, is a new character, uh, B2 EMO, who is voiced by Dave Chapman. Um, B2 EMO is a quirky droid. It's yeah, new character with like a unique personality that I think a lot of people will like. Um, yeah. And Heather, what is your star rating of this film? I would give it a three out of five stars just because I don't know. I don't I don't know how to explain it. I feel like Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi really delivered. And I haven't felt this like grasp, this drawing to Andor as I did for the other series. But it was still a good show. It's it's good for any Star Wars fan. And Catherine, what is your age recommendation for this film? Yeah, I said like 12 to 18 um, plus adults. Um, I do want to, yeah, like elaborate, like as Heather was saying, like, I kind of agree. I feel like it was kind of confusing at some points, but it got up to like it, it started getting exciting, like after like the fourth episode. Um, Yeah, I do agree. It wasn't like my favorite out of the uh, Star Wars series. Okay, well, thank you both for taking the time to speak with me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Endor, Railway Children, Heather the Musical, The American Dream, and other fairy tales. And right now, we're switching over to Kyla's review on Railway Children. Hey, Kyla, how are you doing today? Great, how are you? I'm pretty good. So let's get this started. What is Railway Children about? Yeah, so Railway Children follows three main kids, Lily, who's played by... Bo Gadsden, Patty, who's played by Eden Hamilton, and Ted, who's played by Zach Cuddy. And they're sent away to the countryside in England for just some safety during World War II. Um, so they're sent away from their mom. They're missing their mom, like, immensely. Um, but they end up living pretty happily with a temporary family. But a discovery in a train station when they're playing hide-and-seek leads them to a kind of whole other world where they're kind of breaking a lot of rules and are kind of on the edge of their seats uh, because what they're doing is illegal. So it definitely gets interesting, something you wouldn't expect from based on the beginning of the movie. But I definitely say the plot definitely like increases in pace and action as it goes on. That sounds very interesting. But is this present time or past time or maybe future time? It's past. It takes place during World War II in uh, England. And did they really show that this was in the past? Like, where, how were the outfits? How was everyone acting, acting or talking? Yeah, they definitely did. The time period and the location were both, like, very clearly conveyed, I'd say. It was actually one of the main things that I think was, like, the best about this film. Because sometimes the time periods are kind of not portrayed realistically. But this, like, their accents all match, like, where the location was. And their clothes and hairstyles matched so well. I loved, um, especially um, Lily's hairstyles. She, uh, Bo, the actress who plays Lily, looked so good in all of the like historic pastime hairstyles. It was so cool to just see like all the kind of culture that they had back then, like the hairstyles, the clothes, everything matched perfectly. 
And you were talking about the actors. Did you have a favorite one that you liked the most? Um, I don't necessarily think I have a favorite. Um, I do think Bo Gadsden did a very good job because she had quite a big role to play with a lot of emotions and um, you know, it was a very serious time period and she had a lot of relationships with other people in the film, um, like sibling relationships, friendships, um, and just all these different things. And she does a great job of conveying that emotion. I definitely think that she did a, had a great performance, but I think everyone did really good. The acting was definitely very good in this film. And I did get a chance to talk to Bo Gaston and it was very nice to see, to talk to her and see how she kind of like the backstory uh, of how she connected to that character. So that was really interesting as well. And when you interviewed her, were there other people you interviewed? Uh, so I got a one-on-one interview with Bo and then I got a separate one-on-one in- interview with KJ Akins, who plays Abe, um, who's also one of the main characters. And that was also a good interview. He was nice and we um, talked about kind of like what it was like to connect his character and the settings because um, all of the actors in this film had a relationship offset as well. So he kind of talked about like, all that kind of stuff. So it was really cool to get to talk to both of them. And do you have a favorite part in this film? Um, I think everything was really good. Like I said, the acting and the costumes were really, really good. Um, and I definitely think that the story was also good. Like the emotion, um, it kind of like pulls you in and then it kind of like slams you with grief. It's, it's actually, it's, it's pretty good. It's just, it's definitely sad at some points. Um, but I do think the emotional roller coaster is definitely part of what makes this film so good. And did you like the camera angles? And if so, how good were they? Yeah, they were really good. I never really noticed anything like exceptionally good or exceptionally bad. I think that everything was just pretty good. Although there, um, there were some cool really locations that they captured pretty well. And there were some like dramatic moments because it did take place during a war. So the kind of the special effects that they used and the angles they used to capture those things definitely made it seem very real. And um, Bo mentioned that in our interview as well. And she was saying how it was really cool to see the final product of some of those special effects and the, um, the, the camera angles that they were taking because she didn't know what those were when she was performing. So it was cool to see the final product. And knowing this is a sad film, was there a moral that you could take away from it, such as the audience could take away from it? Yeah, definitely. I think that Railway Children kind of tries to convey that you can always make a stand and fight for what's right. Um, Lily is an older sister. She's very strong-willed, and she's determined to help Abe, um, the person that they discover in the Railway Children, uh, no matter the cost to her. And she kind of sacrifices herself for her siblings and for Abe and for many other people in her life. Um, I also think that teamwork is encouraged in this film. We see the kids come together. Um, all the main kids kind of come together to basically solve a problem. And it, it was really nice to see these good messages conveyed, like the teamwork and um, being able to stand for what's right. Cause I think they're important nowadays, especially Um, So I definitely think that Railway Children did an amazing job of kind of conveying all these messages realistically and well. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I do have two more questions, though. What is your star rating and age recommendation for this film? 
Yeah, so I'd recommend it for ages 5 to 18. There is some minor inappropriate language and violence, and I give it five out of five stars. You can watch it in theaters on September 23rd. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Of course, thank you. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Endor, Railway Children, Heather's the Musical, The American Dream, and other fairy tales. And next up, we'll be listening to Kyla's interview with cast members from Railway Children. Hi, I'm Kyla C. reporting for Kids First. And today I have the honor to speak with Bo Gadsden about playing Lily in Railway Children, which releases in theaters September 23rd, 2022. You might know Bo for her work on Rogue One, A Star Wars Story as Young Jin, or for Censor as Young Enid. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> so you are so perfect for the role of Lily. How did you prepare for this role? Um, well, of course, I'd seen the original because over here in the UK, it's a massive British classic. Um, and I had read the book, first of all, when I was younger. It was just something that my mom handed to me and she said, you have to read this. I read it when I was younger. And um, that then I went on to watch the film afterwards. And later on, I saw a theatre production of it. And this was all before I knew of the audition even. Um and and of course I did some research on my character being an evacuee and everything as well. Yeah, so all that combination stuff really made you prepared because you did amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, what was your main goal going into this film, and did you meet that goal? Um, to really get to know Lily, I think there were also already some things that I could relate to as her as on as her as a character um her being the eldest of her two younger siblings I have two younger siblings and um she's very protective over them and I really wanted to make sure I could um connect with her and and show emotion really because she is she as much as she tries to hide it I think she is very emotional you have to show it without showing it yeah definitely <laughs> So this film takes place kind of during World War II. 
Do you think, what were the positives and negatives of the film taking place during this era? I think the negatives, obviously, everything that was going on back home in Manchester with the bombs and the war in general was just, it was a terrible time for most people. Um, but fortunately, um, Lily got to come to the countryside and she there was she got to create a whole new family, even though they weren't blood related. Um, and I think that gave a sense of hope and she was very resilient. I think that's what's good. And obviously what's bad is she had to leave her mom and she lost her dad. And there, there was so many terrible things, but it really, really helped um, meeting new friends and family. Yeah, I definitely think that kind of like negative background of the film helped like put a spotlight on all the positive things that were happening. Absolutely. So as far as your experience working with the rest of the casting crew, do you have any fun stories to share about on or off camera experiences? Well, though, I mean, the characters and I, well, not the characters, the actors and I are very much like our characters. Um, we had quite a couple of adventures because we were all staying in a, co staying in a COVID bubble. Um, so we saw each other every day, every evening, every weekend. We would spend most of our time together. Um, and we did quickly learn that we were very much like our characters. Um, Austin was very cautious. Eden was very adventurous, just like Patty. Um, Ted was actually very, uh, Zach was very adventurous as well. And KJ, um, he was hilarious. And one of the things that we found so funny was because you guys say things so differently. Like you guys say pants um, instead of trousers. And that, that was a very, like a very big moment when we were discussing um, all, all the different things. There are so many things we say differently, um, which was, it was, what was really fun was having someone from New York with us. I haven't met many people from New York my age. Um, so it was really interesting to hear about everything. Yeah, so those experiences off camera and like those connections must've really helped to kind of work together on camera. Definitely. Um, we all had such great friendships and I think it does show through in the film. So you didn't mention earlier that you're kind of able to connect with those sibling moments in the film. Could you kind of explain more about that? Like you being the eldest child and everything like that? Yes, I mean, Lily was very protective over her siblings and I, I definitely am and I could definitely understand when I was reading about her as a character, reading the script the first time, I could definitely see and tell that about her. Um, she she doesn't, she, she likes to ease, um, Ted and Patty as they're on the train she likes to calm down she gets a little treat of chocolate for them um she's she is very much a mother figure and she definitely takes on that role and there's definitely a moment between her and her mum and her mum's like you you have to take care of them now and she really I think she takes that on very well yeah I definitely agree that Lily is a great character and I truly do think that she did an amazing job with that new whole experience and I think you probably have a similar thing being the Alice child and everything like that <laughs> I am the I so I have two younger sisters one older brother and two older half sisters so I'm not the oldest but I am an older sibling yeah you're listening to kids first coming attractions today we're talking about Endor, Railway Children, Heather's the Musical, The American Dream and Other Fairy Tales and right now we're continuing Kyla's interview with cast members from Railway Children so do you have a favorite scene from the film? There's a lot of great options. <laughs> I think there, there are two really good scenes. Well, really fun scenes. Um, 
one was definitely the doe fight scene it was it it carried on after camera the director had to kind of go cut guys i said cut and we just keep on going it got very intense i mean it was very very real that was not acting that scene um and then another one of my favorite scenes is the finale scene when it was quite last minute actually but i got given a little a, well a line um and I think it really showed Lily's development um, and showed how she speaks, um, spe speaks, I think stands up for what she believes in, which is, um, which I really admire about her. Yeah, I love those. I also, one of my favorites was just pretty much anytime all the kids were like having fun, like the hide and seek scene was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. I love Ted. He's, I cut, as soon as I watched it for the first time, I was just laughing all the time at Zach's lines. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved the adorable hairstyles that Lily wears throughout the film. What were your favorites? And do you think they helped you relate to her character? Um, my favorite was the finale scene where we were waving by to um, KJ Abe. And I had this really pretty plait that linked around the back. And it I got it for one scene, but it was my favorite one. I, I mean, I also did really like the crown one. It, it was definitely, they, they, I mean, everything was amazing. The costume department and hair really, like they paid very close attention to detail. So it was very much like it was. Um, and I think the costume and everything, the costume and hair and makeup all helped us get into character. And especially being on the set of where the original was, I think everything really helped. Yeah, I just constantly found my eyes like drawn to those hairstyles because I've never really seen those before because um, they're kind of like not really used anymore. But I really think that they should come back into style because they looked so good. <laughs> really agree. <laughs> so you were mentioning the costume department as well. Do you have a favorite costume that you wore? Probably my teal dress, which is the dress I think I wore with that hairstyle as well. That was my favorite outfit in general I, I i i just i really i really liked it It was very very comfy all the costumes were very comfy and the fabrics were surprisingly just i mean i think some of them were also authentic from um were vintage and so i was i was shocked how comfortable they were yeah the dresses looked amazing so if they were comfortable that's like wow <laughs> So after you finished the film, how did you feel about it and your individual role in it? I was really proud of everyone. I I think what's like movie magic is just amazing. Seeing how um, they did the plane um, coming out from behind me, because when I filmed that, obviously we didn't have that. I was just running um, down a hill. I think it it was really amazing to see it all come together and the music and everything. It really helps you get into it. But it was crazy seeing myself and all the rest of us actually all, all come together, the film. Yeah, it must be because like it just feels like a normal experience and then you realize that you're like in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was surreal. <laughs> so what message do you hope viewers will take away from this film? I think a very big message is to to sp stick up for what you believe in and use your voice and I think um and hope and the message of the whole film I think is about hope and staying resilient and about how you can create a family 
even when you're not blood related and to really to really just be strong yeah i think that definitely the theme of like looking for hope even in the darkest of times really came through like we were talking about earlier how there was like that negative background filled with like positive moments yeah so thank you so much for speaking with me today likewise <laughs> bye. It was really nice meeting you. bye thank you so much miss gadston for speaking with me today Railway Children releases in theaters September 23rd, 2022. Be sure to check it out. That's all for now. This is Kyla reporting for Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Endor, Railway Children, Heather the Musical, The American Dream, and other fairy tales. And next up, we'll be listening to Heather's review on Heather the Musical. Hey, Heather, how are you doing today? Hi, Ethan. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. So what is this movie about? Well, Heather's the Musical, this movie is a recording of the Broadway adaptation. Well, kind of the West End adaptation, should we say. They recorded the production live with huge audiences and they recorded it and now they're going to put it on TV so that then everybody else can watch it. But the recording is about this play. It's about this girl named Veronica, and she wants to be really popular. So she hooks up with these girls named the Heathers. They're like the kind of like the mean girls of the high school. And she thinks that she's becoming like super popular. But then she figures out that this isn't the, the life that she wants. And these aren't the friends that she wants. So then she tries to escape the group. And then it ends up being so much harder than she thought it was going to be. And this is ironic how it has your name in it and you're reviewing it. <laughs> no, it, was ama- it was amazing because I got to talk to the director of the movie and he's like, it's crazy to meet a Heather. I never get to interview Heathers or I never get to talk to Heathers. It's just funny. So we talked about it. We made a couple of jokes. <laughs> and most of the musicals have very important messages. So what was the message in your opinion that the audience can take off of this? um I think it would be to just own who you are and love who you are Veronica like the whole show she wants to be 
she wants to be different. She wants to be popular. And then when she finally gets to that point, she's like, this isn't who I am. And these, these people aren't good for me. And I want to be the person that I know I can be. And she has to go through a lot of challenges just to get right back to where she was and to be content with who she is. And there's a lot of things that kids think through, and this could be one of them. So is there anything you could relate to her with, like how most kids could relate to things? Yes, I really could. Even though the mean girls were Heather, I related to Veronica. Um, She was just like really down to earth and just she was very funny. I like because she and I both do this thing where like we're in a bad situation and we try to make like jokes out of it and just to like try to diffuse the situation. So I it was easy to see myself in her, which was it, it's nice to be able to connect to characters like that. You've also said you interviewed some people. So how how did that go? It was really great. I got to meet the director, Andy Fickman. He's he originated the story. He's the one that decided to turn this 1980s movie into a Broadway show. He's the one that worked on it before it even went on off Broadway when it was just workshops. And then he was able to take it from off Broadway to then to the West End, which is kind of like the Broadway in England. That's amazing. And he was so down to earth, so nice. He was so excited to talk to me. And it it just, it didn't even feel like an interview. It felt like a nice conversation meeting somebody who was so creative and just has like a world in their mind. And all signs are pointing to the musical being way better than the movie back then. But what is your opinion about this? Do you think they needed to make a musical or do you think the movie by itself was fun? Well, for that, I would have had to watch the movie. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I think what's so good about this adaptation is that it's not a direct copy and paste to theater. They adapted it. The characters are much more wild, exaggerated. So they fit in the shoes of what theater and what Broadway is meant to be. And Veronica is like much more different. I've heard that she's different than she is in the movies. So it doesn't feel like you're watching the movie on Broadway. It, it, it doesn't feel like a watered down version of the movie. So every time you go and you watch the movie versus the show, it's going to be so much more different which gives it a nice breath of fresh air you're not watching something and just immediately going oh the movie was better or just you're just not pitting them against each other because you can't they're different all right well I have two last questions what is your star rating and age recommendation for this musical I would give it a four out of five stars and I would probably recommend it for ages 15 to 18 plus adults because there's like some some frisky content in there so yeah we'll, we'll keep it for the older kids Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Of course, Ethan. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Endor, Railway Children, Heather's the Musical, The American Dream, and Other Fairy Tales. And right now, we're switching over to Heather's interview with director of Heather's the Musical. Hi, I'm Heather reporting for Kids First, and today I'll be speaking with Andy Fickman, director of the theater production Heather's the Musical. Hi, Mr. Fickman. It is so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, but you can call me Andy. Thank you, Andy. So I just I just want to like talk about this. I get to talk to you about Heather's the Musical, but my name is Heather. So I just feel like that's just a really funny coincidence. By the way, I love that way. Every I am so used to for so many years saying Heather, 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 that now I'm talking to someone who legit is named Heather. 
It's so funny when it became like a TikTok sensation and they were like using the line, shut up, Heather. They would yell it at me. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, my apologies for any negativity we've caused you. No, it's been amazing. Okay. So Heather's the musical, like we just said, has been taking the world by storm. Oh, How are you feeling about seeing all this like positive reaction and excitement? You know, it anytime you're able to create something that fans respond to in a positive and it has you know like you said the TikTok going viral all of a sudden we were just literally reaching in the billions for amounts of reshares and stuff uh it makes you feel good because we create at least i create because i want uh i i, I create for fans i create for people for an audience to fall in love with something and make it their own. So I think whether it's music or a book or poetry or art, anytime we're creating something, it only only matters when you find the right person to embrace it and go, this was for me. What was a memory that has stayed with you since the production started back in 2010? Well, we started it and we started building it in 2005 from scratch. So one of the i think one of the biggest moments is the first time uh the dan waters who wrote the movie and michael layman who directed the movie and denise denovi who produced the movie the first moment of their faces when they heard and saw what we were doing that was it the original veronica the amazing winona writer when she saw it for the first time her reaction when christian slater the original jd saw it, his reaction those people who are so intertwined and you're taking their baby you're taking you're taking their production and you're giving it a new life a different life um that probably is what stuck with me the most because if they weren't happy then we would have failed that's that's so impactful because the movie has been such a like cult classic since the 80s and now yeah. you just like made it even bigger putting it in production in theater but what made it click in your mind like oh this could go to theater this could be a, a theater production when in 2005 i was finishing a movie called she's the man and um uh and then another movie called reefer madness that was going to premiere on um, showtime and and sundance and kevin murphy wrote uh reefer madness and producers had come to me and said do you think heathers could be a musical and i loved it and immediately i was like yes and i went to kevin and then we went to larry o'keefe who was a longtime friend and we all talked about what how do you make it if the movie is very dark how do you what can you do to give it an uplift at the end how can you end on hope how can you send that message that we can make change individually. We can stop the bully individually. We can make someone's life better. And once we approached it that way, we just knew it was going to work. That that's really cool because, like you said before, Veronica is like a very like big, powerful character, and she's the one that guides this story along to giving it that happy ending, and it adds uniqueness to the theater production. And yeah. Veronica is like my favorite character. I just don't know which one's your favorite character um i love them all uh i i probably veronica's definitely my voice that i can follow because i feel like she she's making choices not great choices always um but she's making choices and then to me it's really at the end which is 
Veronica has to save the school. And, and the strength of that conviction of knowing all the baggage that she's created, knowing all the bad things she has participated in, ultimately the romance isn't Veronica and JD, it's Veronica and her schoolmates. And she has to sacrifice everything she can to put it on the line. And I think we would be a better world if uh, people all took that approach. If you put mankind first, you probably are gonna do okay. I like that. I never thought of that relationship between Veronica and her schoolmates and how she always kind of like lived for herself. And then it was like giving up sacrifices. And you were talking a lot about the theme about bullying and about just a lot of like topics that this show really does base on. What is one theme that you want fans to leave with after they've seen the show or they've watched on TV? You know, whether you're in high school, junior high school, college, or just the workforce, everybody has a story inside that they don't put on the outside. We don't look at the cheerleader and think she might have thoughts of suicide. We don't know what somebody is dealing with. And a lot of times by not asking, by not providing a safe ground for someone to come share, you might really be able to make a difference in someone's life by allowing the Marthas and the Max and the Veronicas of the world to speak and to be heard. And I feel like that's what I love when people see Heathers and come and talk afterwards about maybe some experience they were going through in real life and how this is connected with them. That to me is a powerful gift that I would hope uh, if, all the people see the show and take that back out, that would be great. I'm taking that and I'm like putting it in my heart. It's, oh, it affects you. It really does because to watch these characters be real people, not feel so plastic and so fake, it felt like a genuine connection to the characters, which is why I like Veronica so much. I like seeing her, even though I'm a Heather, I, I see myself in Veronica and can you tell me what was it like to see the show for the first time off Broadway, seeing all of your ideas just put out on the stage? Well, the, before we ever got off Broadway, we opened in LA and the first night we opened, Kevin, Larry and I were sitting kind of in the aisle because it was packed. And all of a sudden everything happened like that. We had, I, that's the first time I did the slow motion fight. I did it in LA. And so, by the time we got to New York and we had a bigger theater and we and waiting and waiting and that audience laughing at the same spots as they did in L.A. So then when we got to London and you're thinking, OK, L.A. and New York got it. Will London get the same response? And when London laughed in the same spots, cheered in the same spots, that just your heart sore because you thought, all right. We found our people. These are our people. Our corn nuts are here. We're going to keep giving them this show. Oh, I'm so happy. And I hope that you get to have so many more years of putting Heathers on. I would love to go see it. I know a bunch of my friends would love to go there. They're like big theater fans. And Heathers has always been like, like a need. It has to be a need. <laughs> I love that. Well, hopefully we will run for many, many years in many, many places so everybody can see it. But thankfully, those in the States can tune into Roku this weekend and start watching it and 
see a bird's eye view of the show. I am so excited to see the reception of everybody just watching Heather's together. And I'm so happy for you and congratulations. Thank you so much. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Furston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Endure, Railway Children, Heather's the Musical, The American Dream, and Other Fairy Tales. And next up, we'll be listening to Tiana's interview with guests from the American Dreams and Other Fairy Tales. Hello everyone, I'm Tiana Simmons reporting for Kids First, and today I'm speaking with two amazing women who are making a change in the world. I have Dr. Abigail Disney and Ms. Kathleen Hughes here to talk about their new documentary, The American Dream and Other Fairy Tales. How are you both today? We're Good. great. Happy We're to be great. talking It's nice to meet you. Yeah. Yes, nice to meet you too. I saw the documentary. It was definitely a very interesting and very inspiring and also eye-opening documentary. And I cannot wait to talk about it with you both. Great. Great. What did uh, you find eye-opening? Oh, I think I found it eye-opening because it was very, like, it was very shocking. It's one of those documentaries where when you go into it, like, I kind of had a different expectation. I thought it was more of going to be about, I don't know, really what I was expecting because I'm, <laughs> um, I'm only 12, so it's like, I didn't really know what <laughs> to expect, but just hearing, like, all the innocent secrets of Disney, I was like, oh, this is definitely yeah. a very interesting documentary. Yeah, well, I'm glad you liked it. Um, it is sometimes it's disappointing news. It's for people to hear about what's happening there, but it can be changed. That's why I wouldn't make the documentary if I didn't think we could make it do a better job. For sure. Well, definitely did a great job. Thanks. <laughs> of course. So, Dr. Disney, you being part of the Disney family yourself, I'm sure it wasn't the easiest documentary to make because it shed light on the unfair wage practices of companies such as Disney. So what was, in a sense, the driving force for you to make this film and why is it such an important one for people to see? Um, well, that's such a great question. I, I got a message from somebody who worked uh, at Disney, a Facebook message. I generally don't even look at my Facebook messages, but that day I just happened to see his and he said that he and his wife were both working full time. They had four kids and they were having trouble 
putting enough food on the table. And, you know, as a child, I used to go there with my grandfather all the time. And one of the things I remember the most is the way the people who worked there were so honored and happy to be working there and so friendly and so sweet. And they continue to be friendly and sweet and honored and happy to be there. But the company doesn't seem to think it's important that they should earn enough money to be able to raise their families. And that is a radical change from when I was young. And I wanted to kind of like figure out why it had changed so dramatically and how. All right. Well, this documentary definitely does an amazing job explaining it. And it's crazy just to think, like, as you said, when you go there, you see people who are super happy, super bubbly, who are willing to work, who always have smiles on their faces. And then learning yeah. about, like you said, um, some of the workers, like you said, they have like four kids. That's right. crazy that they can't provide for their family. So this is definitely yeah. a very important documentary. And Abby and I are old enough to remember a time when it was possible for people to hold down steady jobs and, and be able to supply the basics of life, you know, um, and and it wasn't all that long ago. And we feel like it's important to tell people your generation that it can be done again, you know, that we could re we could change the system so that so that it could be more equitable. And we're hoping yeah. this conversation, this this film starts a conversation. Yeah. Of course. Well, it definitely has for me. <laughs> yeah, good. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, if I can if I can magically make anybody remember anything, it's nothing is the way it has to be. And mm -hmm. we can't treat the world around us like an unchangeable thing. We have to question everything. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's a good message. I'm gonna pass that around. <laughs> good. <laughs> sure. So Miss Hughes, this film is intended for all audiences, but I personally think that maybe for younger kids, it may be misunderstood or in a sense, ruin it, ruin some of the magic of Disney for them. <laughs> for young people who do watch it, what can they learn from it? Um, I think they can learn that the economy, as one of our uh, people says is not like the weather. It doesn't just happen to us that that there are people who are pulling all the levers and making all the rules and the and the writing the laws that that decide that, you know, determine how people are paid or what corporations are allowed or not allowed to do. And um, and that people have to get involved and and in order to, you know, to change the system. I think that to me, that's the biggest that's the biggest message. And and I am sorry that maybe we might have put a little bit of a, you know, a, bummed out some people who are Disney fans. <laughs> yeah, I think you like know, for, oh, go ahead. I, I was I was saying to somebody this morning, I, I will put my love for Disney up against any Disney fans. Nobody can possibly love it more than I do, because for me, it's family and DNA and history and everything. And it's because of how much I love it that I'm asking these hard questions and that's what we should all do when we really 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 love someone if we want to get married to them if they're our mom or our brother or whatever like if there's a, if there's a problem isn't it always better to ask to question you know to try and make it better and that's another good message and a very good point and it kind of helps uh you see the documentary a little bit differently yeah i hope so <laughs> for sure you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. 
Today, we're talking about Endor, Railway Children, Heather's the Musical, The American Dream, and Other Fairy Tales. And right now, we're continuing Tiana's interview with guests from The American Dream and Other Fairy Tales. So, Dr. Disney, in this documentary, we learn about Disneyland workers and how their lives change with COVID and just generally not having the money or resources to take care of themselves and their families. Can you describe your personal experience or your personal experience again to talk with all the cast members? Well, you know, after I got that first message on Facebook, I felt just so awful about, you know, the fact that I have this name and my grandfather started the company with his brother. I just, <clears throat> I thought I couldn't pretend like this had nothing to do with me, right? So I, I went there, I went to Anaheim, I live in New York, I flew to Anaheim, and, and a bunch of folks, about 20, 22 people sat in a room with me, and they all told me about their experiences. And it made me really emotional, because first of all, they were exactly all the people I remember being around when I was young, and all that specialness of those i mean anybody who's been there knows that those are special people who work there and all the the kindness that you feel um but also there was heartbreak in that room because they felt they were being um taken advantage of and and it really it hurt to hear it and that was really the main main feeling i came away with was i can't just sit back and pretend that it's um not my problem um that this is happening yeah it's really important because it's a issue that's impacting everyone who works at disney like i even remember from the documentary how saying that people got fired during covid because they couldn't risk having all those people there and thinking how those people are already in poor situations where they're not they don't have enough money they don't have enough resources and now they're getting fired and having to fend for themselves during covid when a lot of jobs were becoming online and so it's just really heartbreaking to think about yeah and this not just disney this is lots and lots of companies which is why we have to ask the questions of our whole economy and of all of our assumptions because when you think about it you know as 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 a 12 year old this is really important what is the economy what is it for (laughs) you know and and it is made and structured and built by human beings if it was made and structured and built by human beings why isn't it built for human beings right exactly i agree very much exactly (laughs) we hope that people who watch the film understand that we're using disney to be an example of so many other companies it it is you know these problems you know almost half of american workers face this kind of you know uncertainty in their lives and it's it we shouldn't be tolerating it yeah definitely like what you were saying about the quote which thank you for kind of explaining it but i definitely think that it's something that like I said I had never really heard it but it's definitely a big thing about like people being able to carry themselves but sometimes it does take a village to be able to do certain things and it's important to understand that like even me being my age there's a lot of kids who like and sometimes including myself who will like try and get stuff done on their own but sometimes you do need other people to help you out exactly well and you know what that's actually the good news about life I, I don't want to do anything by myself, I you know, and, and, and there's nothing. I don't care how famous somebody like Elon Musk is um, for being, you know, this self-starting guy. If there weren't workers in his factories, if he didn't have other executives under him, he's not doing anything by himself. 
and my grandfather and great uncle never did either. And so it's we need to stop pretending that there's such a thing as just all these little tiny individual people going about their business and not overlapping. We need each other and we're interdependent, not independent. And, and that's the good news because isn't everything more fun with other people? Yes, very much. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends on the other people. <laughs> no, but yeah. you're right. It's true. And yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that we, you know, we we've all been kind of trained just to think of, you know, we that workers are just that and they don't have, you know, they don't have anything else to contribute, but some, you know, something that's worth $15 an hour and they're not they're not part of the future of the company and so forth. And it's it's, um, you know, we've got to we've got to really re rethink how we think about work that and, uh, yeah <laughs> it's exciting it's exciting to talk about it in a way it's it's fun it, it's like it's it's not that radical and yet it feels radical some days yeah yeah, yeah. for sure and just for a last quick question so dr disney most people like me love disney and what it represents <laughs> i mean with the name like tiana of course i love it <laughs> since your film shows disney in a different light what do you hope that audiences will take away with it and feel after watching take away sorry take away from me and feel after watching. <laughs> um i hope that disney will wake up um and understand that as as a company that lives and um and grows other people's imaginations and dreams they should respect those dreams they should honor those dreams my favorite thing at going to disneyland is just to stand outside the front gate and to watch people come and go because what you see there is so much joy and so much life that's the american dream is us coming together and 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 building lives together and learning and living and laughing together and that's what i want disney to be able to do not just inside the parks for the people who pay to get there but for the people who work there too i couldn't agree more <laughs> well thank you both so much for speaking with me today this was an amazing interview i love speaking with you both and hopefully i get to speak with you again and maybe even work with you hope so i hope so it's really nice to meet you you too. Have Bye -bye. a nice day. You too. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and KidsBill News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, reporting for Kids First, signing off. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.